0: Welcome to The Fastest Five Minutes, presented by Kroll and Mooring. We are your co-hosts for this edition, Peter Ayer and Yuan Zhou, bringing you a bi-weekly summary of significant government contracts, legal and regulatory developments that no government contracts lawyer or executive should be without. First, we'll start with Yuan, who has an update on a new disclosure requirement. Yuan, over to you.
1: Thanks, Peter. On August 25th, the DOD issued an interim rule that implements Section 855 of the NDAA for fiscal year 2022. Now, Section 855 requires that certain entities disclose their use of facilities and workforces in China when submitting a bid or proposal for certain covered contracts unless a national security waiver has been granted. And a recurring disclosure is also required for fiscal years 23 and 24 for certain contractors that hold one or more covered contracts in each fiscal year. Now, to implement Section 855, the interim rule published two new DFARS clauses. Effective immediately, DFARS 252.225-7057, pre-award disclosure of employment of individuals who work in the People's Republic of China, and DFARS 252.225-7058 for post-award disclosures, must be incorporated into DOD solicitations and contracts with an estimated value over $5 million, In other words, a covered contract. So absent a national security waiver, the Dash 7057 pre-award disclosure clause requires offerors to disclose their use of employees and facilities in China if the offeror performs work or is proposing to perform work in China under a covered contract including by leasing or owning real property in China that's used for the performance of the covered contract. Now offerors that make such disclosures are considered covered entities and they can't be awarded a covered contract absent providing those appropriate disclosures. Now the Dash 7058 post-award disclosure clause contains post-award disclosure obligations which prohibit the DOD from awarding, extending, or exercising options on a covered contract with covered entities unless they submit those fiscal year 23 and 24 disclosures regarding the contractor's employees who perform work in China on those covered contracts. Now, these clauses don't apply to contracts for commercial products and services, or contracts at or below the simplified acquisition threshold. So these are two highly anticipated clauses from the fiscal year 22 NDAA, and DOD is accepting public comments through October 24th. Back to you, Peter.
0: Great, thank you so much, Yuan. Uh, it's been a busy couple weeks on the contractor vaccine mandate, so two notable updates. On August 26th, the Court of Appeals for the 11th Circuit Issued its decision on the Georgia nationwide injunction of the federal contractor vaccine mandate, affirming in part and vacating in part the nationwide injunction. So the court agreed that the plaintiff's challenge to the mandate will likely succeed on the merits. Therefore, the injunction was affirmed as it relates to the plaintiffs of the case. This means the federal government is still enjoined from enforcing the mandate against the seven states and their agencies. So that's Georgia, Alabama, Idaho, Kansas, South Carolina, Utah, and West Virginia, as well as for members of the associated builders and contractors. But the court also held that the injunction's nationwide scope is too broad. Therefore, the injunction was otherwise vacated, and as a legal matter, the federal government is no longer enjoined from enforcing the mandate in other jurisdictions where no injunctions are in place. However, on August 31st, the Safer Federal Workforce Task Force updated its website and announced that absent further action, the federal government will take no action to implement or enforce the contractor vaccine mandate. We're still watching the website to see if that action was a direct result of the decision from the 11th Circuit or if there are other pieces that may be in play. So certainly something we'll be watching carefully and continue to update our listeners. Now back to Yuan for two OFCCP updates.
1: Thanks, Peter. First, on August 19th, the OFCCP issued a notice to federal contractors regarding a FOIA request from the Center for Investigative Reporting for the disclosure of Type II Consolidated EO1 report data submitted by all federal contractors and first tier subcontractors from 2016 until 2020. Now, Type 2 eeo one reports are one of the mandatory submissions that multi-establishment employers file annually consistent with their obligations under Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and under OFCCP regulations. But in order for OFCCP to assess whether this information is protected from disclosure under FOIA Exemption 4, which protects confidential commercial information, the OFCCP requested that implicated contractors submit objections to the OFCCP by September 19th, so less than two weeks away. So contractors can submit their written objections through a portal or via email, and those who don't timely submit their objections will be considered to have no objection to disclosure of their information. Now, for those who do timely object, the OFCCP will independently evaluate the objections and provide written notice to contractors. Now, in the event it decides to disclose information, including the reasons for not sustaining the objections, as well as a description of the information to be disclosed, and the specified disclosure date will all be provided to contractors via written notice. And that's an area where Kroll is currently working with a number of companies on their objections. Now, as a second update on August 18th, the OFCCP issued a revised Directive 2022-01 on advancing pay equity through compensation analysis. According to the OFCCP, this revised directive is intended to clarify its earlier guidance that addresses contractors' regulatory obligations to evaluate their own compensation systems as part of their affirmative action programs, as well as the documentation that OFCCP expects contractors to provide regarding their analyses. Now, first, the updated directive changes the OFCCP's terminology rather than a pay equity audit the directive now references compensation analyses which OFCCP director Jenny Yang noted in an accompanying DOL blog post that was that this change was intended to avoid any confusion about the nature of contractor obligations Now, moreover, and more importantly, the updated directive steps back from the OFCCP's prior position regarding the applicability of attorney-client privilege to analyses that contractors are required to undertake pursuant to OFCCP regulations. Now, previously, the OFCCP took a position that contractors conduct undefined pay equity analyses pursuant to OFCCP's regulatory obligations and, as a result, could not assert attorney-client privilege over such analyses. In the updated directive, however, The OFCCP clarifies that contractors who believe their full compensation analysis contains privileged attorney-client communications can provide information in a form that doesn't breach or waive attorney-client privilege via three ways. By submitting a a redacted compensation analysis, by conducting additional non-privileged analyses, or generating an affidavit that sets forth certain specified information. Now, in addition to these forms and these details, the OFCCP recommended that contractors provide certain additional information as applicable that can help the OFCCP conduct a more efficient compliance evaluation, including all employee pay groupings evaluated, an explanation of how and why employees were grouped for the analysis, among others. And Peter, with that, back to you.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much, Yuan. And with that, we will close out for this edition. This has been The Fastest Five Minutes, brought to you by Croll & Mooring. See you again in two weeks. If you have any questions about these items, I can be reached at 202-624-2807, and Yuan can be reached at 202-624-2666. Thank you for joining us.
1: The Fastest Five Minutes podcast is brought to you by Croll & Mooring LLP. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And if you enjoy our show, please leave us a review. You can find more information at kroll.com govconpodcast.